0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this marketing show this week. We're so happy, happy to have Brenda Pearson, Rick Lambert with us. Uh, Brenda is a chief happiness officer. Does it get better than that, Brenda?
1: (laughs) It really doesn't. I've always (laughs) wanted to be a chief happiness officer. So, yeah, I actually just created my own company and I'm a (laughs) self-proclaimed chief happiness officer.
2: And you're proving it with that Blue Jays jersey in the background. (laughs) <laughs> even happy still good way yeah. to go even, even happy still <laughs>
1: yeah, don't get me started about how I had uh, game three tickets and was like to go to the game the next day but that's uh, more on that another time
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome so Brenda you have mastered the imposter syndrome and self-doubt uh, thing that's going around. I mean, it's always been there, I think, but now we're really talking about it more and exposing it. Can you talk to that a little bit? And, and let's sort of dive into that today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Rick and Melissa for having me back as a recurring guest on the show. Um, absolutely, I have a deep passion for self doubt, uh, the imposter syndrome. To be honest, I don't sit on this high pedal of having it all figured out. I'm always a work in progress, as I believe everybody everybody is. But during my time when I worked at Ivy, so I worked at Ivy Business School. And for those that don't know, it's part of Western University, and it's a top tier globally recognized business school. And so the students that I got to work with, and I coached over thousands of these students, um, there was this theme that kept on rearing its ugly head, uh, this fear of failure, uh, self-doubt, almost this self-sabotaging behaviors, and often it manifested in this imposter syndrome and it really got me thinking if these people who are incredibly high achievers are experiencing this then then most people um i would say experience it whether they actually have a definition and know um that they are actually struggling with with this or not yeah
2: absolutely you know so uh Brandon, the reason one of the reasons I was excited to have you back on is I was speaking in Minneapolis a few weeks ago, and I was done talking, and a guy comes up to me. This guy's a senior uh, IT leader, company size 500 employees, and he says to me on the side, he said, "Brick, uh, you know, you seem really confident, and uh, you know, and what you're saying, and upbeat, and all." That. He said, "You know, to, if I can I ask you a question," he said, "When I get into meetings, I'm not." confident I feel like I can't kind of express myself. I have all these self-doubts about what I'm going to say isn't important. And I think they're looking for me to step up and I just don't have it. And I asked the guy, have you ever heard of something called imposter syndrome, which you had introduced me to uh when you're on the show last time. And I think it's something look, you've done a lot of work uh for our American friends, like the school that uh the MBA program that Brenda worked with is like the Harvard of Canada. And uh, so these are, these are elite, up-and-coming, already uh, accomplished business people. And Brenda, I think the corporate world suffers more from this probably than most would think. And yet to bring someone like you and a happiness officer or to talk about imposter syndrome could be a little bit kind of too much exposure at the individual level, and they may not. So I wanted today to have you walk through kind of what it is so people could recognize it, because I don't think it's common speak enough yet. And then, you know, why it happens and some tools, if you would, for like, how are people listening to say, you know what, I, I, I could be more comfortable, I need to be more, that's holding me back, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I was looking forward to you sharing today.
1: Awesome, awesome. It, it really is a goal of mine to amplify the conversation around imposter syndrome and, and normalize it that you're not alone. Most people, if not everybody, has experienced it at one point or another. Um, and the way people experience it is, is not cookie cutter right yeah. some people uh, it may come in the form of exactly what you had mentioned with the individual um it may come in the form of them showing up in a meeting and being afraid to speak out uh yeah. it may manifest in a way that um like over preparation uh, perfectionism and then even in some self sabotaging behaviors like procrastination is another uh classic example of how this this manifests on sort of the dark side or on the one end of the spectrum as well uh, when people start to experience those Sunday scaries, you know, the Sunday evening, and it's like yes. a hit in the stomach where you're just being yes. so stressed about work. Um, often, those are the types of things that when people are experiencing those things can actually lead to some significant mental health issues as well. Mm-hmm. It did surprise me. Um, and it shouldn't have now that I know what I know, it's all common sense to me now, but I've been able to do such a deep dive within this topic, that uh, senior leaders experience this. So when people get promotions, when they're in new roles, um, even when they're looking to maybe apply for a new role, uh, joining a new organization, and even existing in um, in a role that maybe they feel for whatever reason that they're in over their head. Um, so this term is not new, actually, Rick, which is interesting. It actually got coined, you know, just a quick 101. It's a term that got coined in the 70s. And it was a study on um high achieving women. I do this because <laughs> in the 70s that's if you were a professional woman, I guess you were considered to be high achieving. And uh, what they found was despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary, uh, many of these women had felt the the self-doubt, this I'm in over my head, who do I think I am? I'm going to get found out, all of these, all of these experienced all of these uh, feelings and thoughts, uh, despite uh, overwhelming evidence to their their success. Since then, there's a lot more research that's been done on this topic, and it. um, let me be clear, this is not just something that impacts women, and actually, I, I, I believe it impacts men equally.
2: I would argue that it probably impacts men. I can't speak from a woman's perspective, but I know even myself, I've doubted things during my career, and it's held me back maybe at certain points, and I remember a hockey coach of mine at one time, he had a saying, you know, throw your heart over the boards, your body will follow. In other words, just do it. But for some of us, we can't can't do that. And I would argue that men suffer from this Mm -hmm. equally as much because, you know, the de facto standard was the man is the leader and too many corporate audiences. I'm a big fan. My mother was a female executive and she went through all these things. So anyway, what you're saying, I think relates regardless of gender.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely and then in the context of i assume most of your viewers uh, you know in the sales context and for those um that are probably new to putting themselves out there on social media whether it's the you know instagram the gram as i say it and my kids cringe um <laughs> but but linkedin <laughs> and, and and linkedin um uh, as well that uh, people and and I experienced this personally as well, that 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 people may feel um a lot of hesitation, like what will people think of me? Oh, my Absolutely. friends are gonna laugh at me. I'm gonna get made fun of. People what if it's are,
0: a fail? What if it's yeah. a fail? Right.
1: <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and, and that's the reframe of it. Exactly, Melissa. That's the reframe. It, it it's getting yourself to a place of thinking that first and foremost, you just can't be for everybody. Um I, I've learned that a long, a long time ago, that you can't be all things to everybody. Right. Um that but those people who are your people will gravitate towards you and find you um some will some won't and so what that's the three w's <laughs> some yeah. will so, so, so some will yeah, gravitate some won't so what go with the people that are your people mm-hmm. and and
2: that. uh y- as you say that you know you you've come out i think a lot in the last i would say six months or you know on social media and we're doing a lot of work right now, believe it or not, just coaching people how to present themselves on social media under the guise of personal branding. And, you know, what's really been an exploding demand for us is, is me coaching people how to shoot selfie videos as basic as it is. And, uh, it, you know, I think it's this imposter syndrome thing that people think they can't do it. But when I look at you, in what you've done, I mean, uh, you know, people, I think we measure ourselves by different standards than maybe sometimes others do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that throws us off. Um, anyway, I think that you're doing what you preach and not just talking about it. So uh, congrats on putting yourself out there.
0: And Rick, uh, your, your comment earlier about throw your body over the, or yeah, throw your body over the boards, right? Throw yourself over the boards your body will follow. That's the same as you coaching these people to, 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 produce their videos, put them up, just give it a try, just give it a try. And the more positive experiences you have, you'll do more of it. And then Absolutely. it just becomes second nature.
1: Absolutely. You know? Action becomes proof points. And these proof points start to accumulate as a vote to the person, the professional or um, the image that you want out there in the world yeah. as well. And, and, and I do think, though, there is a, a conversation that's missed in a lot of the coaching. And, and so I think this is an aspect that I feel like I differentiate in terms of how I approach the coaching and the training on this topic is uh, I tend to spend a lot of time on like the why and really grounding why we experience this, because I believe um, the idea of naming it detainment, so to speak, uh-huh. the concept of once you understand why something occurs, then you can actually start to you know manipulate master and 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 deal with it um as well so i'd love to kind of kind of fire off a few of these reasons nice. just to sort of give your viewers a sense of why this may happen i think first and foremost uh it it, it mm-hmm. really stems from our genetic makeup and many of your viewers may have already uh, understand this concept uh, of the idea um th- the idea that we're actually born and designed more so to survive we're not actually our natural default isn't to thrive. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a bit of an aha, because I thought we're all God's creatures, whatever God or non God we believe in, that we're special individuals, and we're here for purpose. And we absolutely are. Mm-hmm. But our first and foremost, um, predisposition in this world really comes down to survival and procreation. And so that has implications that we still carry with us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, our previous uh, versions of ourselves would have to preserve energy for hunting and gathering and would you know flee from the I don't know a saber-toothed tiger and need to preserve our energy and so this created more of a binary reaction that we have in our brains of of fight basically flight or fight mm-hmm. um, is, so, is sort of the idea and so even though we don't have to run away from saber-toothed tigers we still deeply uh, carry this with us. It's, it's, it's part of our genealogy. And so it's our default. And so that's the reason why we have so many of these unconscious, self-doubting um, thoughts that run through uh, our brains at any given time that help to protect us. Don't put ourselves out there, right? Don't send off that email that might be a little bit risky. Don't say something in that meeting because, you know, somebody might just shoot you down. Um, it, it's this hesitation. So it's this... Um, I would say this tension between being the person uh, that we really want to be in the professional, putting ourselves out there, but we're always held back because of our, uh, genetic, uh, predispositions. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so,
2: so are there other whys? Like, I, I know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm always, you know, I, am in thrive mode myself all the time, but, uh, you know, survives, uh, you know, obviously a fundamental, is there another reason, Brenda, why people, you know, get this in their head? And I'm saying in their head just because I think it is a mental kind of thing or a mindset. So. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I I think there's a lot of experiences that we have, we have in our lifetime that stack and accumulate. Mm. Uh, So our earlier childhood experiences, our family upbringing, um, our school experiences and friends and the times maybe we got bullied as a child or right. a teacher called called you out. Um And then that even even maybe earlier relationships that maybe you'd had that had an impact. Uh, that also, um, I guess, as we start to progress in our career, we may have worked for a terrible boss, right, that bullied or a toxic work environment, maybe got fired from a role at some point in time that we were just in over your head or mm-hmm. something kind of, crappy just happened. And 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 because again, going back to my number one reason, our brain's so hardwired to attract and stay uh attract to the negative, all mm-hmm. these things stick and they start to stack and 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 start to subconsciously define who we are and help to inform our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, mm-hmm. uh, our actions, our words. And it's all this sort of I guess dynamic relationship between all of those things that start to sh- shape how we how we and exactly Rick to your point our mindset and how we view the world.
2: Well, you but, know, I can tell you like uh, a lot of times, I think yeah, I felt sometimes like uh, people that I didn't think were as smart or I didn't think maybe had the skill set, they actually succeeded over me because. I held myself back and in layman terms, you know, this knucklehead would go ahead and get the opportunity just because it seemed like they were so, you know, in layman terms, they were so stupid to think they could do it. They actually did. it, And uh, anyway, that's happened to me in hockey and business. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm relating totally what you do. And, and uh, anyway, we're human. I don't I don't know if there's tools or or, or you know things or more wise as to you know what people can can do to kind of move forward because we all have had that self doubt right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and there there are <laughs> this is a good thing. I, I guess for a chief happiness officer right now all I'm doing is speaking doom and gloom, but there is light there's at a the way end. Of out. The tunnel. <laughs> there is a way out. Uh, there's this thing called neuroplasticity and thank goodness you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yes, Um, rewiring
0: rewiring those brain centers to go this way as opposed to this way. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier because I have done a lot of research on this myself, Brenda. So this is, I love this conversation today. It's rewiring yourself and it's those positive experiences. The more you do them, right?
1: The easier Absolutely. you know? And, And
0: then you don't go to the, you don't write that negative narrative. You write a new one.
1: Is that yeah, absolutely. Sort of the- oh, oh, 100%, Melissa. Uh, you know, for me, there are sort of two big camps of activities because I get asked this quite often. Again, not one size fits all. Uh, it's not cookie cutter. And this is also seasonal. Uh, mm-hmm. People experience it at different points of life, depending what's going on in their in their world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say the two categories, um, one, it's this, I call like low hanging fruit. The idea that a, a small hinge can move a big door um so these are li- little hacks that you could you could do um and incorporate into your daily life um, and I'll talk a little bit about a couple of those in a moment and then there's the deeper work right there's the the, the work that may require a lot more reflection um and, and and exploration and likely coaching potentially or hopefully not therapy but uh but but there's sort of the two camps and I sort of divvy it up into uh, another few categories where, you know, I, under the categories of energy, vitality, and health. And I loved your conversation with Adrian um, earlier, and he really spoke a lot about the energy, vitality, and health. And um, I feel that it always starts there. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything, but your body releases all these happy hormones when you move your body. So mm-hmm. a silly little, silly little story, even before I came on uh, the show today, I didn't have time to get to the gym yet. So I get my I have a little rebounder just off to the and I'm jumping up and looking silly and, and doing all these crazy things. But it's getting the body moving. And it, and your body does uh, release a lot of these happy hormones. But if you take care of yourself, you drink lots of water, I've got my water with my lemon, um, all these little teeny habits that you can do in a day you, you exercise, maybe mm-hmm. potentially meditate, you get some good sleep. You, that's the foundation, your body is your foundation. So I think it's Absolutely. I love, Melissa, you're taking a drink of water as I'm, as Absolutely. I'm speaking. <laughs> um, so I think th- that's where it starts. But, Riff, your point about mindset, it also helps to inform your mindset that you're um, a person who who cares about themselves and that you're, you care about healthy health and being your best self. And that sends a signal to your brain over and over again and are proof points that help to kind of build out these confidence muscles as well. So first and foremost, I always say when people ask me, Brenda, where do I start? I'm kind of in a cycle right now to say, you know, energy, vitality, health, but move your body, just start moving your body, I would say first and foremost. Um, and then a little bit more of the uh, deeper work in terms of mindset. It, it, and and uh, so Adrian talked to in, this, in the session, um, you'd had with him before, but about the reframing and calibrating expectations. And so in the context of um, your audience, uh, I would say sometimes if you're a new salesperson, there's a strong hesitancy to to put your product out there. For me personally, my product is me. So there always has been a hesitancy to put myself out there as an individual. But the reframe is if I hold back and I don't share my message about imposter syndrome, self-doubt, confidence, and, and how people can be a better life, uh, I may be missing an opportunity to actually legitimately change lives and help people um, with what I believe is a really simple message and some simple, practical um, approaches.
2: People might think that uh, taking care of your body is a basic thing. But if I ask most people, you know, what do they do every morning? Do they have a routine that prioritizes their physical being? Most don't. And, uh, you know, when I when I lost my corporate job and got into, you know, my own thing, one one guy told me, he said, you just... The best thing to do is keep a routine going and start working out because if your body's strong it's going to carry your mind with it mm-hmm. and uh, i know it's a basic thing but you know in business you know what do we do in canada right it's the tim hortons it's russian it's the emails to this to so that and i just don't think we can operate a peak performance like we're humans so I, i'm with you what else what else would be a good kind of tool thing for people to think about
1: well well i think uh, on that note, Rick, I think having your five to thrive might be a great uh, approach for people to incorporate into their morning routines. I think morning routines are life changing mm-hmm. um, You know, what you do in the morning and how you start your day starts to build and and shape how you approach the rest um, the rest of your day, uh, hopefully in a positive way if you have some good morning routines. So for me, um, on a good day, it it absolutely starts with, you know, a meditation, my gratitude journal, uh, I take a big, big, big gulp of water. Uh, I move my body and I make my best. Uh, What's simple a gratitude
2: enough. journal? What's a gratitude uh, journal? What's that? that right? is
1: a,
0: Rick, I'm glad you asked because I love this. Keep going, Brenda.
1: All right. right. So gratitude journal. So, you know, you don't need to overcomplicate this. Mm-hmm. Get a blank, get just a blank notebook mm-hmm. <laughs> and write mm-hmm. five things that you are thankful for. Five experiences, five people, five things you ate. It can be the babyest little teeny thing. Uh, it doesn't matter. But what it's doing is it starts to train your brain to scan for the positive. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the more you do this, again, the neuro, the neuroplasticity and the neural, um, neuron pathways. Thank you, neural pathways <laughs> start to fire up. They start mm-hmm. again. You're just you're building out these 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 muscles um, mm-hmm. within your within your brain. One hack within that is to write it down. So uh, this morning I said I'm on the marketing show again. So that was mine. And then I took 30 seconds just to reflect about the last time I was on and what's changed with with me and my business since then. Um, So it it really, um, I, I think just again helps to shape how you approach the day. Making your bed, however, again, is such a, an easy thing to do. Your it, future feels self you. It, it feels, feels good. It feels good. It's
0: organized. It's,
1: yeah. And your brain really can't differentiate between these small little baby accomplishments and these larger ones. And so it's, again, it sends a great signal to your brain, um, of accomplishment. And, and, and it's the idea that I, I made my bed. I can take on the world today is mm-hmm. kind of the idea. You start with one accomplishment and it builds. There's a great YouTube video on it, um, as well that speaks to it. A former, um, I think a former sergeant that speaks about because in the military obviously that's a big uh, part of their program as well. Yeah. Discipline, right? It Discipline. changes. Yeah. And, and you know the
0: gratitude journal something I read recently was to your point get up in the morning and write the 3 to 5 things you're thankful for. It doesn't matter how small they are or how big they are. But as you go and and keep this as a routine they get bigger and they get better and and then do it at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah right? Reflect on those good things because we, we are so, like you said earlier today, we're so prone to go to the negative and write the negative, but what we've so much to be thankful for. The fact that we're on here today, that we're breathing, that we all have jobs, right? I mean, there's just Absolutely. so, so much that we, we Absolutely. are to be grateful for and it, and it puts you in a good
1: place. And there's starting to be a lot more conversation around the evening and nighttime routines and how sending, putting all of these, positive thoughts into your brain, and how it starts to process in your sleep. I think we underestimate the power of sleep and what that wow. actually does for us on so many different levels. And so I love that. I love that. And that's going to likely be the sort of next iteration of uh, of the research that I start to delve into on the nighttime routines.
2: Awesome. So, so Brenda, I, I, you know, Melissa, in case you haven't picked up, she's overly positive all the time everywhere, uh, which is oh, something never, never. really. Oh, don't
1: ask her. my kids. And <laughs> no, I
2: respect that about her. And, and you know, I, I, I get blamed just so you know, whether it's in the household here or at work, sometimes I'm too positive. I'm too optimistic. Like I always see the upside, right? I, I, I don't see the, lions and saber tooth target tigers (laughs) i just see we're going to town today you know um but uh you know as we kind of head towards kind of summarizing what someone could do i think there's a lot of people that you know they just don't have a positive mindset and they're negative and uh you know they're listening right now going hey you know is there one thing that you think Uh, someone could do right away and maybe it's the morning thing and it's the you know make your bed uh, do whatever but you've worked with a lot of people and I, I know through the network I have you're working with elite people in elite positions in corporate and also in the educational sphere but what's the main problem people have and then what's something you would suggest they do immediately just to give it a try to get some momentum and maybe you've already said it today but like Rick, everybody seems to have 80% of this main problem. And then if they just tried to get this, they could get the wheels turning.
0: And to add to that, Rick, I think specifically let's let's focus on, you know, the the as Rick said, the elite people, the salespeople, especially as we're going into year end and and there could be some pressures, et cetera. What what is something someone could do right away?
1: Oh goodness. So this under falls under this small hinge that hopefully will move a big door. Absolutely. A lot of the people I work with high-pressure situations, let's face it, most people are so overworked, almost, and and many people burnt out. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people I coach, unfortunately, are in toxic situations, have terrible bosses Mm -hmm. um, that just put these high-pressure situations and it feels like these individuals just can't do enough. And I can appreciate the mentality and the sales capacity and the sales world is, you know, what have you done for me lately? And Mm -hmm. so it's probably very easy to get in your own head and feel like a failure every month Mm because everything's a clean slate pretty much for every month or every new season or every new cycle. You got it. So, you got
2: it.
1: So, so I, uh, one very tactical thing I would recommend is um, create what's called like a hype file. And so what that is, is it's uh, it can be an email folder. That's probably the easiest way. Mine's called awesomeness. And, and anytime you have an accomplishment, you get a great email from somebody. Uh, maybe you make a great sale, um, a compliment from somebody, you know, just file it away, just file it away in that, in that hype file. Hopefully you take the time to actually read and process it. Many times you go, Oh, yeah, 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 that's really good. And then it just, it goes into the folder or you delete it. But if you actually first and foremost, when you get it, like actually take a few seconds to go, Okay, you know what? I got something going on here. I'm, I'm actually not as, I'm not as shitty as people think I am or, or as I think myself, as, as I am myself. Um, so, but, but then in those moments when you are feeling a little low, and maybe again, towards the end of the year, uh, going back into the hype, on going, you know what, I had a fantastic first quarter. Wow, I really rocked this. And what what are some of the things that I did? And then that's going to help, I think, um, propel you, and hopefully give you a little bit more inspiration, motivation and energy to finish out the the year ahead. So that might be something that's very tactical, um, yeah. on, that, that people can incorporate. Of course, I'm a big fan of you know sort of more of a holistic approach um i don't feel like there's always the, the hacks in life that really lead to happiness but there are always a few things that you can start i think that's a starting point and may get you on the journey of incorporating morning habits and and moving your body and 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 doing some deeper reflection work later on as well
2: well, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a practical thing we can do. And you're right. We gloss over so often whether, you know, even it's our team, we get a Google five star review because we built a new website. Hey, great. Now let's get on to this thing over here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you mentioned a toxic work environment. Okay. And, you know, coming out of COVID, Uh, there's all kinds of different hybrid work scenes we're seeing right now, like pressure Mm -hmm. to get your butt back in the office. uh, I'm working from home. I feel lost. I'm isolated. Like there's all these new dynamics. And, you know, when I coached uh, young kids playing hockey, they had this saying and it was catch the kid doing something right. Mm, Right. And and so often as a manager leader, we're focused on the fire putting out. And I don't think, you know, I, I I don't think as an individual, you can be as happy as you can be, at, it is when you're working with other people that are positive and happy. And, you know, I think some people unfortunately succumb to the environment and they, they don't make a change. And uh, mm-hmm. I think you're a product of your environment. Just me personally, I, I, I excel better with people that, you know, want to go for it or positive and they, you know, they're not... And we try in our organization to get rid of the naysayers. It's just they just, you know, it's like a hockey team. You got one bad defenseman, you'll lose. They'll beat them on that guy every time. And that's contagious as is positive. But, um, hey, as a CHO, which you are, by the way, is that right? I you Yep, yeah, CHO. I, I think I'm
1: going to change team?
2: mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you You're when you su- create
1: your own company, you can call yourself whatever the heck you want.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Melissa would be the C V H O, the chief, very happy officer. Anyway, um,
1: <laughs> love it. I love Brenda, it.
2: Brenda, thank you for joining us. Now, okay, I'm our audience is corporate people, mostly business to business uh folks. Um, I'm sitting here saying, Hey, look, maybe some people on my team uh could use a boost. Uh give us a quick download of me, if you would, like what would be Like, how would you engage or what would they do? Like, what would be the scope kind of quickly to engage someone like you to come in and work with their individual or individuals on their team?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I would say I've got sort of two divisions, but in terms of B2B, that's my organizational happiness division. I offer up um, coaching and training packages, uh, basically organizational happiness (laughs) type of programming. And it stems from everything from imposter syndrome, building resiliency, uh, battling burnout, um, and mastering your own self care. And again, it's all for nothing if you don't build in great habits and you actually take action and optimize your time with some time management, uh, time optimization tools as well. So I've got five car, five marquee workshops that I offer, but I'll always, uh, work very closely with the clients to customize based on what's going on with them, such as things like the hybrid of working environment or, Uh, acquisitions or multiple layoffs there's a lot of things going on in the environment right now and in the in the Mm -hmm. market um, that are causing a lot of angst anxiety and um, causing people to I guess experience a lot more of the imposter syndrome um, yeah as well you know
2: I I ask because a lot of people right now are planning 2023 kickoffs or they're you know they got events coming up but I think uh, you know happiness isn't normally something an event planner would look for but I am seeing, since mm-hmm. you introduced me to imposter syndrome, like I'm starting to see more and more of it. And I, I don't think people are aware of it. And that's why I was really excited to have you on today. And congrats, yeah. by the way. Um, I just think you're doing an awesome job with your business. I know you left a great position to go out on your own and pursue kind of what, you know, you want to do. So that says a lot that you're doing what you say and not just saying it. And, uh, Mm-hmm. Um, I love following you on LinkedIn. If you're not following her right now, check out Brenda on uh, LinkedIn. She has some funny posts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and educational a lot of good posts too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, love so having we'll, you on today and uh, we're yeah. cheering for you. So thanks again for joining us. Yeah, Thanks so
1: much, Brenda. I'm happier now. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Thanks so much for happy-ing, having me, happy-ing, Happy having you me on here, having me on, you know, ultimately it's my goal to help people, you know, look forward to Mondays more and, Having you two uh, be able to help me spread the word is is golden. So thanks and have a awesome. great day.
2: Look too. for my email for your gratitude file. It's coming. File. It's coming. Sorry, the hype. I apologize. I no, gratitude
0: file is good too, Rick. Gratitude's yeah,
2: good. Okay. Sorry. And you know
0: what, Brenda? Hopefully, we'll have you on for a 3 in the new year.
1: I love it.